Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Today's date is? Today's date is April 28th, 2017. And we are? Kapow Radio Show. Something like that. Welcome to Freedom Friday. The Freedom Friday Hour alternative commentary and narrative. Alternative news. Yeah. A little different than mainstream. A little different than mainstream. Exactly, parrot. <laughs> My little parrot. So, we are going to talk about, Ms. Powell, today. Crazy. Crazy now, stuff. There is, um, there's an uptick in UFO sightings everywhere. This is interesting in that these two uh, people put together a UFO sightings desk reference. Mm -hmm. I heard it's doing really well. Yes. Now, they don't put any commentary on it, any narrative, any opinion. They don't give um, any reasons what these things may or may not be, anything like that. They just document the sightings. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, pretty, pretty interesting, 371 pages worth. We're going to talk about that. And the people who put it together. And then you determine whether it's God language or devil language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the second story eh, says broadband and Wi-Fi are more important than clean underwear for some people. <laughs> it's typical clickbait, you know, title, because there's a little more to this than just clean underwear but it's interesting to see where our heads are at as a society mm -hmm. all over the world i was gonna say globe but i would offend my flat earth people so i just say world oh brother i know but you know people are very they're very zealous about this stuff mm. uh and then how many of you people have heard you have to have heard by now because you're sitting around surfing youtube and podcasts looking for conspiratorial crazies. How many have heard about Operation Gotham Shield? Gotham Shield. Yeah, where it was this um, disaster preparedness drill mm -hmm. where it was going to simulate an EMT attack, this and that, this and that. Not a whole lot out there, but, you know, there was a bunch of government agencies involved in it and stuff. And at first it seemed hoaxy, but. Um, well, it, it can't be any more hoaxy than uh, a couple of years ago when San Diego 
did a um, one of those preparedness drills for mm-hmm. the zombie invasion. That's right. They did. And now look at it. We got zombies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And don't you feel better that we practice uh, preparedness? Yeah, because you have to shoot them in the left ear or they don't go down. It has to be the left ear. That's what we learned. But yeah, they do this all the time. You know, we were, uh, you know, we, we were involved in this stuff when we worked in with cities. You know, you did disaster prep. But this one was about EMT and about cyber attacks and things. And it, it just seemed a little weird. So a bunch of the researchers on YouTube began to look into this thing. It was a legitimate thing, it seemed like. But um, about uh, several days before it was supposed to happen, there was total chaos. There was multiple cities around mm-hmm. the same time lost power. And it really doesn't seem coincidental. So it could be part of this Operation Gotham Shield. It could have been just a, not so much a false flag, but a test, a test run type of thing. I don't know, but we're just going to talk about what happened. But I really, I don't have the answers. I know that shocks you. Do you think I do? But I don't. Because <laughs> I'm just a zombie. Hey, and then the very last thing we're going to talk about is absolutely disgusting. It's an older article, five years old. Yet, this, obviously, when we talk about this, it didn't go away, or was it shut down by our society, or by our ethics, or moral outcry? Mm-mm. This is incredible. Though it's a five-year-old um, article, the scientific journal that published this uh, was five years ago. It just came to our attention the other day, and I thought, we should talk about this again because it's still around mm-hmm. and it just shows you it's progressing. Absolutely. It's the marches forward and it just shows you how much the sin is being filled up. So, so that you can look around and go, okay, I do think we're in the last times. I do think it's the end year. It's just one of those deals. And it's, Oh, it's disgusting. In fact, I'm going to read the whole article because it's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read every word to you so that you can be disgusted with us. And then I'm going to ruin your, your weekend because that's what we do. It's killing babies is no different from abortion, these experts say. And I kid you not. So that's the coup de gras. Exactly. So before we get to the coup de gras. We're going to have Ms. Kapow give her favorite scripture of the day. Okay, the scriptures I have are about the abominations unto the Lord. So I have a couple of them from Proverbs. Uh, the first one is Proverbs twelve twenty two. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs fifteen eight says, the sacrifice of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto the Lord. Proverbs 28.9 says, That he that turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Proverbs 11.20, They that are of a forward heart are abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 20.10 says, Divers weights and divers measures, both of them are alike an abomination to the Lord. And the last one is Proverbs fifteen twenty six, which says the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination 
to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Then when I go down to go up to Galatians uh, 5, 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Well, I wonder what planet that sounds like. Hmm. Hmm. Mars? <laughs> Don't think it so. It will once they infiltrate that place. That's right. But for right now, it's Earth. You know, I just want to ask a question about one of those scriptures. I'm sure you're going to answer it. In the, in the very beginning, it said lion lips are mm-hmm. an abomination. Now, why just lions? Why not tigers or cheetahs? Because of their gender. (laughs) Uh, You ask a stupid question, you are going to get a stupid answer. Do chickens have lips? (laughs) And are they an abomination to the Lord? Or just lion's lips? You get it? Yeah. I make a funny. You make a funny. I laughing. I laugh. People are seeing UFOs. Why? Because they're crazy. Okay. You want Paul's opinion? Sure. I, there's there's a lot of reasons there's a lot of reasons why these things are floating around and doing stuff and what they are and you know you got a lot of demonic uh, entities uh, you know doing the whole gray alien thing and all that nonsense and if I I've experienced that intense fear of having uh, you know uh, a dream I would say of of a of a alien abduction. Mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced that intense fear and I'm telling you it's not from God so uh, to focus on these things it's just it's not of God but anyway uh, everybody knows that story how I got involved in all the UFO junk and I got too too deep into it <laughs> and then I got slapped slapped this is from Syracuse uh, New York and we can't deny that these things do exist that they're out there they are unidentified uh, to a great measure, not all of them. And there are blinky lights and weird things in the sky, and that there's more and more of them. My opinion is that interdimensional beings, just like demons, everybody knows demons exist because, you know, you're attacked by them all the mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. And probably as you're listening to the show, you're being attacked by a demon bothering you to some degree, you know, in your body or in your spirit, <laughs> in your mind, you know, because they just never go away. They're punks. Mm-hmm. Till Judgment Day. And they're interdimensional beings. They're things, they're entities you can't see. Right. That's what I believe these things are. They're coming in and out of portals. And, and thanks to CERN, <laughs> you've got more. That's a real good point because as CERN, their whole purpose is to open up these portals, open up these gateways to parallel universes, and to bring in these other entities. And mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, you know, they do these things. I do believe it has an effect on all of us. And um, I think that's why you're seeing an increase in these, these sightings. Once again, it just shows you the filling up, the filling up as of the days of Noah. So it will be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. And it's the filling up of these, these entities, these fallen angels, these hybrids, on and on. And you see more and more of it. But anyway, this is interesting. Sarah Cruz, New York. 
They asked the question, why have sightings of unidentified flying objects around the nation more than tripled since 2001? And they can prove this, so it's not just speculation. It's tripled since 2001. I think that's a valid question. Why, Ms. Kapow? Mm-hmm. Why? Exactly. I don't know if it has anything to do with lion lips mm-hmm. or tiger lips, but it has something to do with some lipithithith. Mm-hmm. Why is July the busiest month for UFO sightings? Why? Because that's when they take vacation, travel. <laughs> you know what? That's just like the movie Predator. I think you're right. The Predator comes down and he hunts humans. Yes. In July. In July. And then he makes noises like this. Yeah. Whatever you did. You do it better. <laughs> Why did UFO sightings spike in Texas in 2008? And don't say because of Obama. Because of the oil. They don't like water. They like oil. Mm-hmm. Or in New Mexico in September 2015. Well, they like tacos. They like tacos. They like New Mexicans. They don't like the old Mexicans. They no. like New Mexicans. Because they have old tacos. Exactly. No one wants old tacos. And how in the world or and out of And there's it- no wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because we got New Mexico in the United States, so you don't have to build a wall to keep the New Mexicans out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thumb your thumbs up on that. And how in the world or out of it has Manhattan racked up New York State's second highest tally of UFO sightings in this century? Well, that's a good one. No, that's obvious. Come on, Manhattan. Trump Tower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Trump's fault the UFOs are in New York. Plus, they have a lot of... Uh shows there they do a lot of broadway shows aliens love broadway shows (laughs) how in the world other things happen these are the questions these questions emerge from the first mind you the very first comprehensive statistical summary of so-called close encounters 121,000 eyewitness accounts that's a lot yeah And it's organized county by county in each state and the District of Columbia from 2001 to 2015. That's only, Mm. what, a four-year, I mean, um, I'm sorry, like a 14-year span. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it is called UFO Sightings Death Reference. It's the work of a couple in Sarah Cruz. You're going to love the personal life about this couple. And then you're going to ask yourself, huh, is this Hmm. inspired of God? Or of the de- 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 devil. Yeah. Okay, so these, this couple, they crunched unruly data on UFO reports collected by two volunteer organizations. That's MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, mm-hmm. and New Fork, not Old Fork, New Fork, <laughs> the National UFO Reporting Center. Okay, get it straight. Yeah. In the reference, UFO researchers dreamed of having this i mean they put it all together they put it all together there's this professor of physics and astronomy mm. at sonoma state university in california and he wrote the foreword and he says we should have had this a long time ago yep so these people really did a good job the book contains no narrative there's no anecdotal accounts there's just 371 pages of charts graphs they slice and dice the geography, the timing of incidents, the various shapes that witnesses reported. There's flying circles, there's spheres, there's triangles, there's discs, there's ovals, there's cigars. 
there's even your folks that look like Brother Kapow. Yeah, I think the book is like $32 on Amazon or something. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if people were really into like oh, all the signings, yeah, that's your reference to have. Right? Mm-hmm. Or you can watch it on YouTube, whatever you want to do. Many of the sightings turn out to be explainable, which is cool. I like that because they're not just going off and going, oh. mm-hmm. they're saying many of them turn out to be explainable. You know, it's swamp gas. It's a balloon. It's a, it's a butterfly. There are some that uh, they can't. Yeah. There's other ones that they cannot explain. They defy resolution. Well, tell them about the authors. The authors, the authors. Okay, the first author, now check this out. Remember this name, Cheryl Costa, Mm -hmm. 65 years old, Mm -hmm. Cheryl Costa, a former military technician and aerospace analyst, Mm -hmm. and her wife, Mm -hmm. Linda Miller Costa, Mm -hmm. 62 years old, a librarian at La Monnier College <laughs> and a former librarian at the National Academy of Sciences, NASA, and the Environmental Protection Agency. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, Brother Kapow, so what? They're lesbians. There's a lot of lesbians. Get over it. Lesbians are everywhere. Cheryl and Linda are gay married. No big deal. But, aha, nay, nay, I got nay, more. Nay. I got more. You see, here's the deal. Cheryl Costa served, okay, as a cable line man Mm -hmm. in the Air Force in Vietnam and afterward in the Navy Submarine Service. She was a man. Cheryl Costa was a man before undergoing gender reassignment surgery in the 80s. He, it, is also... An ordained Buddhist nun. Uh-huh. He, it, was running a theater group in Maryland when he, it, met Linda. And they got married in 2011 after falling in love. So Linda married Cheryl, who's a false woman, which makes her gay, but the false woman's really a dude. So does that make Linda... Uh, lesbian? It makes Linda a heterosexual slash lesbian thing. Huh. So these two decided to go document and research all the UFO tracking. Okay, so you get it? You get the spirit? Huh? Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. You get where the spirit's coming from? Uh, I hear So that kind of answers a lot of questions. You know, if you think, well, are these good? Are these bad? Maybe it's the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's a reason why these people were given this knowledge and this ability to... They're open to it. Yeah, to put this together. So this um, this reference reminds the public and the media that extraterrestrial phenomenon continues unabated. And uh, so everybody's all happy about this. And it's a labor of love, okay? It's mm-hmm. a labor of love. All righty then. All right. So then it goes on about UFO stuff. But anyway, yeah. I thought I just thought the article was somewhat interesting. Very interesting. Because of... Um, the authors. Yeah, the authors. And I think that's important. 
It is important. Because, I mean, you could listen to music, and it depends on who's making the music, what kind of spirit comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you could read a book, and it depends you know, on the, on the authors of the book, what kind of spirit comes out of it. So that, you know, these, these two folks, uh, as confused as they are, are putting it all together as far as UFO sightings go in a, a reference manual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, speaking of confusion, this isn't on my list, but today on my Facebook, on my, uh, on my phone, I get this advertisement, this sponsored ad, and lo and behold, it's Greg Laurie, oh. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Church in Riverside, Cucufornia. I worked in Riverside. I've been at his church a million times for funerals. I used to eat there and um, things like that. Greg Laurie's on, uh, on my Facebook uh, thing, advertising. He's walking around doing his cool Greg Laurie hipster thing. And they're talking about evangelism, about, um, you, you know, about witnessing individually. And so, you know, Greg Laurie uh, does these big rock concert mm-hmm. stadium, you know, with uh, skaters and rock bands and um, UFOs, mm-hmm. whatever, to attract people so they can get come down and, and, and say a sinner's prayer and get Jesus. Yes. Yeah. There's no follow up, by the way. They they formed that out to local churches. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a fact. And uh, whether or not the local churches ever follow up with people, I don't know, because I know the ones we went to never did. So um, he's coming on and he's saying, those people, you know, you might, you're, you're having a hard time, you know, witnessing to, uh, you know, individuals. Well, anyway, he has this course. He's offering a course for free. Just click that button. And you're going to get videos, you're going to get resources, and, and I'm sure there's nothing behind it. I'm sure they're not selling other materials or other books or part two. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's all free because out of the goodness of their heart, Harvest, which uh, last time I knew was like the 11th largest church in the nation, mm-hmm. um, they want you to be able to evangelize people that you know, and they're going to help you do that for free. And guess what? After you take the course, you even get a certificate. No kidding. Well, you know, Jesus' disciple got us. They got certificates. Um, Remember the Last Supper when Jesus says, this is my body. And blah, blah, blah. he goes, by the way, I want to give Peter a certificate. I want to give, you know, John a certificate for being, you know. And now they're certified. They're certified disciples. Mm-hmm. And it's biblical. Don't, don't make fun of me. Don't judge me. So anyway. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Greg Laurie was popping up, and they're, well, I can't say they're selling something. They're giving it away for free, but you know, mm. there's there's nothing for free. Of course, I didn't click the link, you know, because I don't want them coming over here and no. try, trying to witness to me and get me saved under the Harvest Church. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Okay. This, t- this title is a little misleading. It's kind of clickbaitish, so I don't dig that. But yet the article's kind of interesting to see where, where our head's at in society, Ms. Capel. Oh, right. It's from Variety. Variety. Yeah, it says broadband, Wi-Fi are more important than clean underwear for apartment dwellers. That's mm-hmm. a survey. Okay. Here's the deal. Apartment renters, whoever those might be, High-speed internet and Wi-Fi are more important amenities than having in-room laundry facilities, according to a new survey. Really? Yeah. But see, that's different 
than more important than having clean underwear. See, they, they took that next step to put that in the title to yeah. get you to click on it. There's nothing in it where people are asked, would you rather have a Wi-Fi or clean underwear? That was never the question. It was, would you rather have in-room laundry facilities or Wi-Fi? And they would rather have Wi-Fi. Sure. Okay. So you can make the assumption that they would rather wear dirty clothes, or you can say they would just rather walk down to a laundromat. That's right. Then not have Wi-Fi. So, eh, let's, let's, you know, let's yeah. be reasonable here. Yeah. But it's interesting, though, uh, in, in light of where our heads are at. Mm-hmm. 34% of respondents ranked Wi-Fi access as the most important feature for apartment living, followed by 25% who said high-speed internet was number one. They kind of go hand in hand. I think that's weird. You know what I mean? Because you can't really have Wi-Fi. Why would you have Wi-Fi without high-speed internet? Nah. Okay. Yeah. Um, per a survey commissioned by Comcast Xfinity Communities. Uh, yeah. The cable giants division dedicated to multi-dwelling units. And 13% <laughs> of those surveys said having a washer and dryer in the apartment was the most critical factor. So only 13% cared about the, at least the convenience of washing and drying your clothes right there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're dirty. It just, no. the, 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 the convenience didn't mean anything to them. They'd rather have Wi-Fi or high-speed internet, probably because you can get on there and you can find a laundromat within a few miles. You can ride your bike or your skateboard and wash your poopy diapers, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, the poll was conducted from 205 building managers building owners, real estate developers, multifamily properties in the U.S. Between, let's see, uh, oh, December uh, and I think July or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They had a, a margin of error of 5.8%. Among those surveyed, a, surveyed, surveyed 87%. Uh, Can you say that again? agreed that technology plays either an extremely important or very important role in keeping residents satisfied. 75% said most prospective residents ask about communication services, internet, phone, TV, prior to renting. Uh, Okay. Other findings from the survey said 30% said they believe quality communication services boost property values at least 20%. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, when we sold our home in California, you know, we're on a ranch, and I yeah. had to use uh, what they call a Cantana from Verizon, and it was Wi-Fi, and you had to uh, apply for it and see if you fit the criteria. You had to live out in the rural area, you know, on the boondock somewhere. And um, But anyway, I was able to hit Verizon Wi-Fi, and it was fast, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's how I ran internet out there but when we sold the house that was a big thing we had one guy come in there and actually who do you work for now he worked for um some uh i don't remember it was some airline thing it was some secret yeah it was (laughs) but it was um but he worked on that computer yeah because he worked from home so that was very important for him to have yeah he service he brought it as a high-tech secret service stuff and hooked it up and 
had to test everything. It was a mm-hmm. trip. I, I was hoping that uh, little, you know, guys and uh, men in black were going to knock on my door afterwards. Like, you know, <laughs> we accessed something from my ISP address or something that we shouldn't have. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, it's so I can understand that. It's, it's a big thing. 88% agreed that tenants in the, in the range of 18 to 34 prefer high-tech amenities more than residents 52 plus. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you're over 50. You're like, hey, what's on television? Yeah. Right? And, and then when you're younger, you know, you, you, you were raised with this stuff. Mm-hmm. 82% said they installed the latest technology in order to future-proof their properties. Yeah, I can see that. And 60% said they plan to make improvements related to energy efficiency this year. So. Why is that a big deal? Well, only that that's where we're at. And when you're talking about cyber attacks or mm-hmm. Operation Gotham Shield or power outages, not only are we dependent on electricity, but we're dependent on this whole, what do they call it? This whole interweb thing. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a very convenient way for... <laughs> Um, government entities to look at their people. Yeah. Yeah. The schnoopin. Schnoopin. They, they like the schnoopin. And I tell you what, it's, um, there's a lot of good with it. I mean, my goodness, I still remember the days, uh, occasionally you'd find me in the library to look something up. Um, probably usually cause I had to, cause it was, you know, a project assignment at school or something. Um, but, you know, today, I thought, I forgot what it was I, I looked up the other day. Um, oh, it was uh, guitar pickups. Remember that? Mm, uh, how mm-hmm. to change out guitar pot, pots on a, uh, a Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> so, long story. But anyway, I'm on YouTube, and I'm watching these wonderful technicians explain how to solder, you know, a new, a new pot into mm-hmm. your uh, Fender Stratocaster, a guitar, and I was, it was just amazed, and I even said to Miss Kapow, I go, isn't this incredible? I mean, yeah. if you didn't have this at your fingertips, how would I get this knowledge? I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, you know, take it to a... You'd have to take it to some To expert. somebody who knows what they're doing. So, you know, there's some good in it. Yeah. But uh, along like with Like anything that, else, you know, it has two sides Two sides. It. Yeah, two sides. They sell it to you as a good thing, yeah. and then they use it for evil. Yeah, what's that Genesis 50 uh, principle where what Satan, you know, meant for bad, God turned to good. You know, it's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Did I make sense? I don't know. I was talking about pots. I was talking about guitar pots and I got a little high. Yeah. Okay. It's legal in Nevada. Don't judge me. I don't judge you. Uh, total chaos. Cyber attack feared as multiple cities hit with simultaneous sim- Simultaneous power grid failures. Uh, uh, I know. I know. Um, I know. When I read this, I thought I was very suspicious. Yes. And I thought, hmm, they're testing something. Yes. It is. It came right at the time of this Operation Gotham Shield. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look that up. It's all over YouTube. It's mm-hmm. all over the internet. Operation Gotham Shield, and um, a few of the a few of the people had discovered it ahead of time. And we started researching it and questioning it and contacting these agencies and these, these uh, different people that were involved in this drill to see what exactly was going to take place. Right. And it was very secretive, and um, there was a lot of government stuff involved in it and very secretive. 
And then you have this thing happen. Like, you know, I think it was like a week before or something. It says the U.S. power grid appears to have been hit with multiple power outages affecting San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles. I mean, those are the th- those are three huge, huge main power cities. hubs. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got the huge port of L.A. Mm. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of things coming and going out of those those huge cities. Um, officials report that business traffic and day to day life has come to a standstill in San Francisco. Reportedly, the worst hit of the three major cities currently experiencing outages, mm. right? So you might say, well, it's just a power outage. You know, let's not get all wrapped up in the fear porn. But yeah, me, if you me, really think about it. Let me read on. This, yeah, it's a little strange. It's a little, a little strange. Power companies in all three regions have yet to elaborate on the cause. Though a fire at a substation was the original reason given by San Francisco officials. A fire. Remember last week we talked about April being conflagration yep. month. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I just did a search. I just, on the, on the news, just like flames, fires. Mm-hmm. And okay, even around here locally, all kinds of things are just popping up. Catching on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, some were arsons. Like uh, there was a dude that um, committed uh, two arsons on the Trump Hotel in Las Vegas. But also other hotels were lit on fire. I forget their names, but several of them. Mm-hmm. There was some trash truck that just caught on fire. There was a $700 motor home that caught on fire. 700. 700,000. Can you imagine that, having a motor home that costs $700,000? No. Yeah. Hello, it wouldn't America. be on the street. I wouldn't be driving it. <laughs> no, that's America for you, man. And it, it was going through the gorge uh, from here to Utah. And... um this little mountainous area and it caught on fire a $700,000 machine. Wow. Uh, There's all kinds of little conflagrations, but anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) So a series of subsequent power outages in Los Angeles, subsequent San Francisco, New York left commuters stranded traffic backed up on Friday morning. Um, That was last Friday. Although the outages occurred around the same time, there is, as of yet, no evidence that they were connected by anything more than coincidence. Now, don't you find that just, I mean, just a tad bit strange. Mm-hmm. The first outage occurred at 7.20 a.m. in New York. When the power went down at the 7th Avenue and 53rd Street subway station, which sent a shockwave of significant delays out from the hub and into the rest of the subway system, mm-hmm. I can imagine. By 11.30, which that, what is that, four hours later, mm-hmm. the, uh, the generators were up and running, and even though trains were delayed, they were still able to kind of get it going. Uh, okay, that's cool, but that would, that's kind of a good test, isn't it? Yes, it is. And there's pictures of this hellish commute, apparently. Later in the morning, I mean, in the, in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's when most people are getting ready for work. Yeah. and Yeah. Matter of fact, this was at 11.22 a.m. Pacific time. When the, I'm looking at a map of all the outages that occurred. In Los Angeles, the International Airport, as well as other areas around that city, were just shut down. I mean, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. So it went from, like, San Francisco all the way down to L.A. Mm. Yeah. So if you're familiar with California, that's, that's a ways. A lot of it. 
It affected things like, you know, Burbank, Glendale, mm-hmm. West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, you know, Inglewood. Yeah. All experiencing outages. San Francisco Fire Department responded to more than 100 calls for service. Yeah, you can imagine uh-huh. the chaos. 20 elevators with people stuck inside. Oof, that's yeah. awful. Sirens were blurring. Engines maneuvered along streets, jammed with traffic. Traffic lights were out at scores of intersections. Cars were backing up on downtown streets. Drivers grew frustrated and honked at each other. And can you imagine the anxiety, the oh, anxiety yeah. that this uh, yeah. creates? And, and just think, this was just a few hours, Ms. Kapow. Yeah. Like I always say, give it three days oh. and you will see anarchy. Yep. Somebody, uh, somebody wrote one time, we're only nine meals away. Yeah, that's right. And I like the way he put that. Skip nine meals and you watch what happens. Mm-hmm. You watch what happens to people. And never mind, take away your Wi-Fi and your Facebook and your Twitter and your Instagram accounts. Oh, oh. Wow. And that's all run on electricity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, really think about it. The cause of the outage has not been made clear. Of course not. Though given the current geopolitical climate, it's not out of the question to suggest a cyber attack could be to blame. I don't think so. I, I think, think it was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Inside. It's also been suggested right here in this article it says that, uh, that suggested that it could be the result of a secretive nuclear EMP drill by the federal government. And that's what I'm talking about. Operation Gotham Shield. I think this was it. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't think it was supposed to be out, but a crazy, a couple of crazy YouTube people got a hold of it and started researching it. Maybe that's why it didn't get out of hand. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it, it goes on and talks about how vulnerable we are. In 2016, there was a report that noted our entire way of life has been left vulnerable to anybody who can uh, get in there and just cause blackouts. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just EMPs and natural disaster that pose a threat to the grid, but there's also potential for attacks on individual power stations. Sure. You know, uh, all over the place. A U.S. government study established that there would be major extended blackouts if more than three key substations were destroyed. Wow. Well, so, everything's connected to the grid. Everything. So you m- wipe that out and... Everything's going to be affected. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, the Navajo Indians, you know, on some of their prophecies, they talked about the, the end days, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and they, they saw this spider web, this web covering the earth. And I just, I thought that was interesting. Of course, a lot of people think it's the World Wide Web, but I would think it was more like the power, the power grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cover the whole thing because everything runs on that. And you're, you are very vulnerable. So there's not a whole lot you can do. But I just thought that was interesting in light of this Operation Gotham Shield. And then all of a sudden you have three major cities in total chaos for a couple hours. Just a couple hours. Mm-hmm. You can imagine what yeah. would happen. Yep. So get your beans and weenies. And peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter and Your jelly. peanut butter. Okay, Ms. Kapow, before we do this last story, we're going to take a short commercial break. All right. And then we're going to end with this very depressing article for everybody's weekend. All right. 
The Capel Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. Be advised that depending on the make and model number of any given robot, there may be certain features in their makeup which predispose them to antisocial behavior. It is best to avoid these robots or to limit the time you are in contact with them. If a robot has locked its targeting system on you, remember the SKS rule. Stop, kneel, and surrender. Hello, you're listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network on Blog Talk Radio. The Kapow Radio Show with your hosts, Paul and Linda, is heard every Monday night. And the Patrick Meekin program airs every Wednesday night. Then, on Friday, hear the Freedom Friday Hour. All shows air 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Please visit kapowradioshow.com for further information. We're back. Are you back, Ms. Kapow? I'm back. Where'd you go? I'm right here. Uh, where'd you go during the break? I stayed right here. Really? Uh-huh. I thought you you got can't a, see me. I thought you got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I wish. Mm. <laughs> okay, this is a horrible article we're going to leave you with. I just, I need to read the whole thing to you because you just, you have to hear this. Oh, it's, 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 like I said, this was written five years ago and it's, it's only an article about the scientific journal that this came out in. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm not reading the scientific journal. I'm just reading the article about it. And there are dozens of articles about this. Oh yeah. That talk about this. This is just one. Mm-hmm. This is from the, the telegraph. So it has to be true. Now, seriously, this is horrible, folks. The title is Killing Babies No Different from Abortion, Experts Say. This isn't clickbait. This is what the article's about. Parents should be allowed to have their newborn babies killed because they are morally irrelevant, quote-unquote, morally irrelevant. And ending their lives is no difference to, than abortion. Mm-hmm. A group of medical ethicists linked to Oxford University has argued. Yep. Did you catch that? No, not, number one, ending their lives is no different to abortion. So you have to accept the premise that abortion is morally acceptable in order to then accept this, this idea. Mm-hmm. That newborn babies are just as morally irrelevant as a fetus. You see the slope? Yep. So it's not just abortion. It's not just gay marriage. It's not just transgenderism. It's not just pedophilia. It's not just bestiality. It goes deeper and deeper into Sheol, mm-hmm. into the pits of hell. These demonic fallen angels and their hybrids have destroyed this earth. Yep. And they will continue to do so until God enacts his judgment. Maranatha comes soon. Amen. Amen. The article was published in the Journal of Medical Ethics, and it says newborn babies are not actual persons. Yep. And do not have a moral right to life. 
The academics also argue that parents should be able to have their baby killed if it turns out to be disabled when it is born. Yep. And that's basically what they're putting everything on. They're, they're supporting their lie with that. It sounds like eugenics, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And also, also, uh, not just, um, you know, babies with deformities and whatnot, but if a woman doesn't have the, if the baby doesn't have the right gender, for instance, if the baby came out as a girl, but they really wanted a boy, then they would have that right to, to murder this child. Yeah. And that's that slippery slope, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because if they're morally irrelevant and they're not actual persons and they don't have a moral right to life, what does it matter if they're male or female? I wanted a boy and I got a female. You know, I wanted it to have blue eyes and it has brown eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't end. The journal's editor, Professor Julian Sav. Savoluscu. Savoluscu. He's the director of the Oxford Yuhiro Center for Practical Ethics. Said the article's authors had received death threats since publishing the article. This is 2012, by the way. Mm-hmm. He said those who made abusive and threatening posts about the study were, quote, fanatics opposed to the very values of a liberal society end of quote (laughs) wow wow. it's okay for you guys to theorize about killing small infants but if you get threatened oh my god no no we're culturally relevant we're morally relevant wow we're actual persons we have a moral right to life oh they don't like it you bunch of Mm. Mm. Bleep, freaking cooked peanut butter, <laughs> butter finger, some. Yeah, I just fleshed out there for a second. It's okay, man. The article entitled, "Check this out, folks." After birth abortion, why should the baby live? End oh. of quote. I'm going to read that again. They wrote an article, it was entitled, After Birth Abortion, Why Should the Baby Live? Mm. It was written by two of Professor Savio Luscu's former associates, Alberto Giobellini and Francisca Minerva. Mm. Wow. Unbelievable. Here's what they argued, quote, The moral status of an infant is equivalent to that of a fetus in a sense that both lack those properties that justify the attribution of a right to life to an individual. Rather than being actual persons, newborns were potential persons. They explained, both a fetus and a newborn certainly are human beings and potential persons, but neither is a person in the sense of subject of a moral right to life. And you're looking, what? Wow. But in order for this to work, Ms. Kapow, you have to, see, you have to accept abortion as morally acceptable. Acceptable. Or otherwise this wouldn't work. If you say, well, abortion is not acceptable because that's a life. And if you say it's immoral to kill a life, if you say God said do not kill, 
And you say that, well, then you can't kill a, 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 an infant mm-hmm. for any reason. You can't commit murder. How simple is that? God just says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not uh, commit murder. That's all he says. It covers everything. But these, these, these scientists, these brain surgeons, here's what they come up with. And it goes on. It says, we take person to mean an individual who's capable of attributing to her own existence some at least basic value such that being deprived of this existence represents a loss to her. What? Wow. So I don't know how long it takes for a potential person to become a person to say, now if you kill me, it'll be a loss to me. Is that at age two or three or five? Or are they brain dead till they're age 10? I mean, who determines that? Mm-hmm. Francisca, who determines that? I want to know. As such, they argued it was not possible to damage a newborn by preventing her from developing the potentiality to become a person in the morally relevant sense. Mm. The authors therefore concluded that what we call afterbirth abortion, which is killing a newborn, by the way, should be permissible. In all the cases where abortion is, including cases where the newborn is not disabled. Wow. So if you could abort the kid, for whatever reason you want to abort the kid, you could kill the kid. (laughs) They also argued that parents should be able to have the baby killed if it turned out to be disabled without their knowing before birth. For example, citing that only the 64% of Down's syndrome cases in Europe are diagnosed by prenatal testing. Once such children were born, there was no choice for the parents but to keep the child. Is this horrible? I am sorry, folks. I know, it's making me This sick. is just so horrible, but I have, to, I have to do this because what we do is expose the evil. And that's what this is. These words that I read will linger throughout eternity and they witness against them. That's why I have to do it. I'm sorry. Shut your ears, whatever. I have to do it. To bring up such children might be an unbearable burden on the family and on society as a whole when the state economically provides for their care. Mm, See, the bottom line is always money, isn't it? It is. It is. Because they don't care about parents or mothers or fathers, families. No, it's Mm -hmm. eugenics. It's the same stuff we created here that the Nazis took. And that's no different than when the Nazis would take these uh, newborn Jewish babies Mm -hmm. and toss them out the window. Yep. It's the same thing. It's eugenics. It's Dr. Mengele. It's the angel of death. Interesting that they call him angel of death, right? Mm -hmm. Fallen angel. Wow. It's our planned parenthood. It's our abortion clinic. This is the same thing. It goes way beyond just what you see on the surface. However, they did not argue that some baby killings were more justifiable than others. Their (laughs) fundamental point was that morally... There was no difference to abortion as already practiced. That's what I mean. You have to accept that. They preferred to use the phrase after birth abortion rather than infanticide or infanticide, killing an infant. 
to emphasize that the moral status of the individual killed is comparable with that of a fetus. Dude, and where does it stop? I know it. Say you have a 30-year-old man, but he's kind of brain dead. You know, he never quite got it. He's kind of, you know, doesn't quite get it. He's a little slow. And you go, you know what? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to lose anything by not being here. Mm-hmm. He's irrelevant now. He's irrelevant. He he's can't morally uh, irrelevant. contribute anything to society. So, eh. And so these people are telling, uh, we, can, we can just let live or kill whoever we want. Both Minerva and Gio Bellini know Professor Savulusku through Oxford. Minerva was a research associate at the Oxford Center for Practical Ethics until last June when she moved to the Center for Applied Philosophy and Public Ethics God. at Melbourne University. That's in Australia. Can you imagine the, the kids, the young people that this idiot is, is teaching, mm-hmm. that she's reaching out to, that you've got to take her course, and how many of these people are believing this nonsense? Gio Bellini is a former visiting student at Cambridge University. He gave a talk in January to Oxford Martin School. Uh, it was titled, What is the Problem with Euth- Euthanasia? Hmm. Well, these people are murderers. Yeah. These people have the spirit of murder. Yep, definitely. And as I read this article, it witnesses against him throughout eternity. I kid you not, mark my words, I guarantee you, it witnesses against them on that day of judgment. It Amen. goes yes. out. Mm-hmm. It goes out, and everybody who's exposed this those words go out. They cannot argue. We didn't know. No one told us. Beep, 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 beep. And you could burn in eternity in the lake of fire and see how morally irrelevant you are. Right. When you kill God's creation, when you kill God's image, and you violate his laws willingly over and over again. And you murder these little babies. Mm. It's mm. better to tie a millstone, a big old huge rock around your neck, and throw yourself in. Just be done with it. Mm -hmm. So defending the decision to publish this trash in a British medical journal blog, Professor Savulisku said that arguments in favor of killing newborns were largely not new. Mm -hmm. What Minerva and Gio Bellini did was apply these arguments in consideration of maternal and family interests. Sure. Oh, not financial interests. While accepting that many people would disagree with their arguments, he wrote, the goal of the Journal of Medical Ethics is not to present the truth or promote some one moral view. It is to present well-reasoned argument based on widely accepted premises. You're an idiot. Yeah, and everything they say is gobbledygook. Doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. And if you didn't think it was truth, then why did you? Why did you even publish it? Mm-hmm. Speaking to the Daily Telegraph, he added, "The debate has been an example of witch ethics. Mm-hmm. A group of people know who the witch is and seek to burn her. It is one of the most dangerous human tendencies we have." Oh, he's pointing his finger at these other people. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he says. They're the bad guys. Yeah, they're the bad guys. He says it leads to lynching and genocide. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. It's okay for me to do genocide on little babies. Because they're irrelevant. They're irrelevant. But now you threaten me. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. 
because he's relevant. <laughs> Rather than argue and engage, there is a drive to silence and into in, in the, in the extreme to kill based on their own moral certainty. That is not the sort of society we should live in. I want to oh. stab this guy in the face. Mm. I'm one of those dudes that would be angry. I'm that guy he's talking about mm-hmm. with moral certainty. Oh, good Lord. And then he says in the journal, um, he says the journal would consider publishing an article uh, po- positing that if there was no moral difference between abortion and killing newborns, then abortion too should be illegal. And there you have it. Really, there, there you have it. They're just trying to justify their murders. Yeah. If there's no moral difference between killing a newborn and aborting, then uh, if it would be illegal to kill a a newborn child, then it should be illegal killing a fetus. Mm -hmm. See, but you can't have that because it's legal to kill a fetus. And that's what we do. So their their whole house of cards would crumble. Dr. Trevor Stammers. The, 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 the director of medical ethics mm-hmm. at St. Mary's University College said, if a mother does smother her child with a blanket, this is in quotes, folks. If a mother does smother her child with a blanket, we say it doesn't matter. She can get another one. Is that what we want to happen? Holy moly. He goes on, what these young colleagues are spelling out is what we would be the inevitable endpoint of a road that ethical philosophers in the States and Australia have all been treading for a long time, and there is certainly nothing new. So in other words, don't don't even question us. We've been talking about this for a long time. This is where we're going. Referring to the term after-birth abortion, Dr. Stammers added, this is just verbal manipulation that is not philosophy. I might refer to abortion henceforth as antenatal infanticide. Infanticide. Mm -hmm. Infanticide. If you just give it a pretty name, then it's not really that ugly, is it? No. No. And that's the end. That's the end of the ugliness. I don't like it. That that is the poop sandwich of the day. My lord, I gotta tell you, it's a 2012 article. Um, but Miss Kapow, didn't you? You found some stuff that's what 2014. Some oh yeah, about the um, the gender thing. You know, if 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 a couple has a a, a child that doesn't meet their expectation, they wanted a boy. But now they have a girl, they can actually have it murdered. And that was like 2014. Yeah, that was in an article that she found in 2014. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's not just, like they came out with this and, <gasps> and then they were shut up mm-mm. because their lives were threatened. It's going on. This is, this is, this the, is part of the Agenda 21. Sustainability. Mm-hmm. Keep the population at 500 million. It's just anti-Christ, anti-God. It's anti-human. It's anti-image of God. It's unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable, but yet it is believable, because here we are. 
And I share it for two reasons. It exposes. It's a witness against them. That's you either right. witness to, for, or against. That's a witness against. So now do we let the uh, mothers and the parents that actually killed their children, their little toddlers, do they get to go free now? Well, apparently, ethically, morally, they should because there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-mm. It's like euthanizing your dog. It's your dog. Uh, I don't think my dog would know. Um, you know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't know. Oh, uh, I sense a loss. Uh, a like I'm not an actual person. I'm not an actual dog. Um, and so I can euthanize anytime I want because uh, you know I don't like the color of its fur or whatever. You know, I mean that's that's the attitude. You know. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have one dog. Yeah, I can do that. But the other one's too smart. It would, it would talk <laughs> back and go, no, 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 nay, nay, nay. I am a, I am a sentient being and I do eat cheese. <laughs> and chicken. And chicken. So, yeah, the other one's kind of stupid. The other one's pretty smart. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's just horrible. It's just horrible. So I... I don't have any more horrible things to say, Miss Capal. Well, I think that one's a doozy. That I is a doozy. That, that, that one will take. Um, that one takes the cake. Yeah, it just oh, just that just it sends that fire in your bones, and you just wait. You just wait for that day when Christ will finally set up His throne and and do away with wickedness. Mm-hmm. Those wicked people. Those wicked. Entities, those wicked fallen angels that have so subverted this creation from day one, yep. when they're finally judged and thrown into the lake of fire and punished eternally for their wickedness, and he comes and brings righteousness and mercy and a real government here. Amen. Until that day, I can't sleep very well. <laughs> And I get a little grumpy. Yeah. Okay. Say goodnight, Ms. Powell. Ciao, babies.